Glad you're here. Uh, so glad you're here. We are uh, currently in a series where only only have a couple weeks left of this called The Gospel Changes Everything. We've been talking about it all fall um, in, in different aspects of our life, what really our mission is, how God created us, what that looks like as we interact with each other through social media, through politics, uh, wow, all these things that we've <laughs> talked about, what listening looks like, what it looks like to interact and love one another well. And today we're going to continue in that and looking at how the gospel changes Thanksgiving, right? Luckily, this day fell in a convenient spot on Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> um, we have just another week of this, and then we're going to start a series over Christmas called Born is the King. And just for those weeks over Christmas, uh, for three weeks and on Christmas Eve, we're going to look at what uh, uh, what's all the excitement about this Jesus thing, right? And I obviously, right, we know we're celebrating Jesus being born. We're going to just stop and remember how good is it that King Jesus was born. Um, I'm excited for that and um, excited to continue seeing into people's homes. We thank Laura. Uh, thank you again for sharing the new tradition. I hope that sticks. That looks like a fun um, tradition. And uh, excited to see more of your homes and uh, celebrate with you. There's some more fun Advent opportunities coming up. you got to check emails, check our social media in the next day or two. We're going to celebrate some more or share some more fun ways we can all celebrate and participate virtually um, distance from each other. Now, Christmas is coming up and it reminds me of a moment in my life. Um, I think I think I was probably junior high, maybe just getting to high school. And I was so excited about a certain gift under the tree, right? So I'm excited. I'm sharing my gift, gift here. I was so thrilled about this. And I just it was one of those things I, my parents were kind of excited about it, which made me excited. Like they must be thrilled about this gift. And I remember sitting down at Christmas at our house, we opened gifts Christmas Eve. Um, and so we had went to church and we had had dinner and now we're sitting and I finally get to open this gift and I tear it open. And it is everything that I had hoped for. Oh, I was thrilled. Right. And it was exactly what I wanted. It was a cost personal CD player. You don't plug it into anything. You throw batteries in that thing. You put your compact discs in it. It had a three second skip protection, which blew my mind. I didn't have to hold it so gently. I could kind of move it and it wouldn't skip. And I remember it had shuffle. There was a shuffle button. I could skip around songs. I didn't have to listen to this, the CD straight through. Blew my mind. I could not tell you how excited it was. It came with headphones. Um, it, Oh my goodness. I think it came with some kind of belt clip thing so I could carry it on my belt. I was blown away. I was thrilled. I tore that open. I saw it. And just out of pure joy, I looked up to my parents. And I said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I might have run over and given my mom and dad a hug. I was, I remember just being a joyful, exciting moment that this gift was given to me and my response was this explosion of thankfulness and joy and running to the ones who gave it to me. Maybe you have had this experience in your life. I, I think as a kid, there's those certain gifts that just were the 
gift and that you're, you didn't even know what you were doing. It just took over. You ran to people and hugged them. You said, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You jumped around for joy. I, I, I think this is what Thanksgiving looks like, giving thanks, right? Being thankful people looks like. We live, right, in a culture where we get often, uh, it's actually very popular, right, to get like gratitude journals where every day we stop to write down things we're thankful for. Maybe that's a practice you do <clears throat> maybe every week, maybe every day for you. We find that really helpful in people who are um, struggling. Um, even in my own life, having talked with a counselor or a therapist that says, hey, let's just take, why don't you take time to think about what you're thankful for instead of dwelling on the things that we aren't so thankful for, right? We find this practice really helpful, but I think there's a, there's a kind of thankfulness that goes beyond just, hey, there's some good stuff around you. Um, and so that's what we're going to look at today. What does it look like to have the gospel change Thanksgiving for us? And what does that look like? And so we're going to look at a passage here, um, and we're going to start in Romans. And this kind of thing sets up for us the difference in what we look to and why that it kind of can fade or fall away. Let's look, let's just start, let's look right in God's word here in Romans 1. It says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. So since that God created the world, we've been able, people have all been able to see these incredible qualities of God, his power, his divine nature, right? Just, you don't, you don't need to follow Jesus. You're not, we're not saying these are Christian people or followers of God, just being creation around us, we can see. There's, it's called common grace. It's this just grace of just, there's all that God's given us around us, right? We have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people have no are without excuse. So it's, Romans is telling us we don't have any excuse not to say there's, there's these gifts around us, this creation around us, God's power, his nature is around us. Here's where I want us to land, though. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. They didn't glorify him or gave thanks. Those things are, are tied together. The original kind of language of this, those are really mixed in this like glorify and give thanks. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Look at this. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him or gave thanks, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts we're dark and here's where thankfulness gets, goes off the tracks a little bit or a lot bit. Our thankfulness is tied to our worship of God. In fact, it is like the ignition that starts. We get in the car and we start it right with the ignition and then we get to move forward. For, so our worship of God starts with us seeing what He, who he is and what he has given us and then saying, oh, how good! It, this is incredible. We can't stop ourselves from looking up to the giver and saying thank you. But the problem we have, the brokenness we live in, is because we think we're wiser than that, and so we become really foolish when we think that we're wise. Look at verse twenty-two. There, all they that claim to be wise 
they became fools and exchanged the glory of the mortal God for images that were made to look like mortal human beings. This is like the foundation of what sin and brokenness and really a lack of thanksgiving looks like in our lives. We take the things that the giver God has given us and even himself that he's given us and we look, look at those and then we say, oh, you are good. I open my costs personal CD player with three skip protection and shuffle. And I say, Koss, personal CD player with three seconds skip and shuffle. You are the greatest thing that's ever been created. And I hold it up and I worship it and I give money to it. And it becomes my hopes and dreams, right? Until that day that it stops working. I put my Smashing pumpkin CD in it and it doesn't work, and I shake it, and I can't figure it out, and then all of a sudden this little piece of plastic falls out, and I'm devastated because my cost personal seed player, right, has failed me. Because I've been foolish, and I've turned my worship, my thankfulness to the, the gift and not to the giver. And it fades away. And so our thankfulness can lead us to worship of the thing we're created to worship, which is God. Or our thankfulness can lead us to those gifts, which often can fade, right? There's kind of three ways that in my life I've seen this play out, right? I am given a gift, which is what could just be God, but often just he gives us so much, right? And I take that gift and sometimes I just want to, I take it and I say, forget it. I don't want it. Even I think God gives me gifts, right? Like ability, skills that I might be good with. And I say, no, God, I don't, I don't want that. I want this other thing. How dare you, right? And I throw that gift out. Or, or you know what? Or I take the gift and it becomes an idol. I just say, I want that. I, this is now my God. Think for a second. God, our creator, gives us things and then we take them and go, thanks, God. I'm going to worship this now. Not you. This thing. Right? We, we open our gifts, all that we've been given around us. And then we look to that, we continue to look to that thing as our idol, right? Or I can just sometimes be given a gift. And as I did that Christmas, I just worship God. I say, God, you are so good. The gift just reminds me of the incredible giver that's from. The, the attribute of God, the character of God reminds me of this good God that is here with me and it can turn my thankfulness to praise and glorify him. Or my thankfulness can turn to things around me, which maybe for a moment would, does bring me kind of joy. Just go, oh, how could I have stuff? But unless it compels us to turn to the giver, it, I, I think it eventually those things do fade, right? And this is also considering that things are always good, right? That we would have good things. Well, we do see this in scripture. We see people talk about um, how good God is and, and become very thankful. This is all over, right? You read the Psalms. I just picked a few favorite kind of moments in the Psalms, uh, greatest hits of thankfulness in Psalms. And I think we look at First Thessalonians. Psalm 9, we hear people say this, uh, God's people way back in the Old Testament. I'll give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds, I'll be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, most high. Psalm 100, we hear, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the God is good. The Lord is good. 
and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations, right? We hear this thankfulness that leads to this praise, this worship. We hear in 1 Thessalonians the same, right? Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do you hear that? That's God's purpose in you is that you get to rejoice and pray, be with him and in conversation and community and relationship with him and give thanks to him. Be grateful to him, which leads us into worshiping him. This sounds great. We have these things like we said, right? Family, good food, jobs, our health, all this beauty around us in creation. Yesterday was Wonderful. We went to the park and just those moments, the sun setting, the trees and the lake. It's beautiful. I think, oh, God, you're good. It, it's good. It, it's really good when I just received my cost personal CD player with three-second you know, anti-skip and shuffle. And I think we might think that that's what all of these passages we just read were from. People who just received the greatest gift and are just saying, ah, life is good. Everything is so good. These people that we just read from are living in painful, hard situations. A broken world like we live in. So what about when we open a present and it's garbage, right? It's pain. It's hurt. Though that's when it's hard, right? It's not, I think, I think I, I might worship something because it's so good, but often it, I say, oh God, this sunset was beautiful. You're so good, right? I, I, I don't often find myself drawn to like, I'm going to worship that sun, right? But when stuff gets hard, it, it is hard sometimes to think about being thankful for anything. And then even that leading me to any, Kind of worship. Often, this is I find where my the roadblock is for me in my worship, is it's hard to be thankful. I can't see things. I'm not opening gifts that are good. This reminds me of this this recently uh, this week or last. I was talking to my girls. We were talking about uh, we were dropping things off at some people's houses, and I was telling a story how when I was uh, not me, but uh, I never would have. But my friends, I know a guy who used to drop off like you know paper bags with stuff in them and then light them on fire. And then people would run out of their house. You'd ring the doorbell. People would run out of the house and they'd stomp out the fire and there'd be poop in the bag, right? You'd fill the bag, right? We would do that. So I was telling the story. I was like, hey, you, people did this. Do you know that people used to do this because we dropped a bag off at someone's house and uh, recently and they said, oh, we didn't know what you were dropping off at our house. And I thought, oh, that's funny. Could you imagine? Um. And, uh, and, and, uh, I tell the story and my one daughter says in with a lot of wisdom, dad, I, I think that's arson. Aren't you starting their porch on fire? That's a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, it is a terrible idea, right? Um, well, you're smart. Hopefully that means you won't ever do that. But it does make me think though. I have days where that's the gift, right? Oh, how sweet a, a paper bag. Oh, it's not filled with a cost CD player, right? With three seconds skip protection and shuffle. It's filled with poo, right? It's filled with garbage. I was I was looking for a, a GIF. I thought, oh, there's got to be a GIF of this. And this is fantastic. This is a little side note. 
Somebody made a gif. This is Martin Luther up in the corner. Dropping off a bag of dog poop at someone's house. What an amazing, like, Reformation deep cut. Anyway, I just had to share this because when else do you get to share this gif, right? How wild is that? Uh, this, though, I think feels maybe in a time when I feel like I've been given garbage. Maybe a pandemic, right? Or, or tragedy in my home, my family, in our community. When I can't muster up Thanksgiving. Or I can't fake a smile. When it's maybe even hard to get out of bed. How am I supposed to be kind and helpful and thankful? What happens when we aren't opening that gift and it's not leading us? This is what is so good about the gospel. Is that we have gifts that we can open in all situations, every day and every moment of our lives. Gifts that are so good, they put cost personal CD players to shame. If you can imagine that, right? We have gifts that we have not even opened for some of us. I think even recognize our gifts for us. We forget them, yet they are so good. They're the greatest gifts and they're right in front of us. We have gift of a creator who loves us, one that calls you lovable, and you don't get to make that decision because he already has, that you are loved forever, that you're saved from death, a death sentence from your sin, rescued from death from Jesus, that you were made new and whole and alive in Jesus, that your home is no longer broken and decaying, but eternal and glorious, that you're a child of God, and that God is always with you. And he is always for you. And that Jesus will return and make all this broken, these garbage presents right. The gospel changes this. We can hold these gifts in front of us every day, all day. And when we open these gifts of the gospel our hearts can be filled with thanksgiving, even when we don't feel it, even when stuff around us feels broken and wrong, we still can have thankful hearts. Because this stuff can let us down, but those things cannot, and those things will not fade or go away. Those things cannot be taken away from us. A pandemic can't take that gospel gift away. How do we remember these things? How, how do we continue to open these things? Well, this is where God has given us his word to open up each day and be reminded of these great gifts. And he's given us the spirit of himself to be with us so we can pray and be reminded. And it can stir our hearts to thankfulness and worship. And he's given us his people, the word of God and the spirit of God and the people of God. His people who will remind us of these gifts. When I'm having a day, I cannot remember if there's anything good to be thankful for. We have people and a God and a spirit who reminds me of those. L listen to how this is said in Colossians. In Colossians 3, I think this illustrates this gospel changes our thanksgiving. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body, you are called to peace. We have a peace and be thankful. 
Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through Psalms. This is God's people together reminding each other of who Jesus is in the gospel. And says, when you do that, do it through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. This thing, reminding each other of the gospel and it bubbling up as thankfulness, as worship together in songs or hymns. This is what we do every week. This is why we do this every week. And whatever you do, whatever in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You see, it's like the gospel has given us this new purpose, and it's to be thankful to, to, to our giver who's given us this good gospel. This is all over, right? We see this all over, this thankfulness <clears throat> that isn't a once a year because we're eating turkey, but because our hearts have been changed every day and all the time by the gospel. It's good. It's good news. It's really good news. We can look past this gift up to the giver who has given it to us. It's, it, it, it's really changes things. I, I want to share an example of where I've seen this. I didn't see this, but I, but we actually sing this as we kind of end our time and move towards a time of a Thanksgiving meal together today. We're going to take communion here soon. If you don't have supplies, feel free to run and grab them. But first, I want to share this story as we move into that time. Okay, there's an old guy named Martin Rinkert. He's a Lutheran pastor who was serving during the Thirty Years' War in Eilenburg, Saxony. Now, this is a terrible time. There's conflict everywhere. This war was fought throughout all Central Europe from about 1618 to 1648, 30 years. This 30 years war continued on. There was an estimated death toll of military and civilians between 4.5 and 8 million people over those 30 years were killed. Could you imagine living in a place that was constantly at war for 30 years Children, families, generations growing into that, only knowing that. The vast majority of this these deaths were not necessarily from military campaigns, but from disease and starvation. There were plagues all over. People starving, being stuck in cities, starving to, to death. In some areas of Germany, it's suggested that 60% of the people in those areas died. That's, that's a wild place to live. And Pastor Rinkert was in this, his town, a walled city, which became a refuge for political and military fugitives. And it resulted in overcrowding, which made disease and famine worse. Now listen to this, though. At a point in history in that town, he was the only surviving pastor in town. And so during the height of this plague in 1637, as the only surviving pastor, they say there were days that he conducted up to 50 funerals for people in town. 4,000 funerals just that year, including the funeral of his wife. Now, that, could you imagine this? 
constant death, decay, brokenness. You're, you're walled into a city watching it fall apart. And his hope, the gift he kept opening, was not that of the, the brokenness around him, but that of the gospel. And out of that, he wrote a hymn that we often sing. It. I hope we've sung some, but throughout history, they have sung. He wrote this poem that got turned into a hymn. The, the poem I actually love, found a little, uh, an actual like old um, uh, actual transcript of the of the hymn he originally wrote. Here's the words. He wrote this hymn, Now Thank We All Our God, and still a hymn that's sung today. In fact, I hope it was on one of our last Hope Hymns albums. Um, listen to the words to this uh, hymn. These are the words that he said, um, that he wrote in the middle of that, because he was looking at the gift of the gospel and not at the garbage, right? the flaming bag that was given to him. He writes these words. Now thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices who wondrous things has done in him. This world rejoices who from our mother's arms has blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. And may his and may this bounteous God through all our life be near us with every with ever joyful hearts and blessed peace to cheer us and keep us in his grace and guide us when perplexed and free us from all ills in this world and the next. All praise and thanks to God. The Father now be given, the Son and him who reigns with them in highest heaven and one eternal God whom earth and heaven adore, for thus it was, is now, and shall be evermore. Those are words of a man who the, who the gospel has changed, which has changed his thanksgiving to an, to an all-the-time event and not dependent on the things around him, but of, of the great gift of the gospel. 